and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we are analyzing aliens in short, controlled bursts. I'm John Ingle. And I'm George Hendricks. And today we're talking about Minute 116. It begins with a face hugger emerging from an egg and ends with Ripley carrying Newt away from some explosions. Yeah, George Hendricks back with us again uh, from the Mogwai Minute. Uh, what else do you have going on these days, George? You got any other podcasts I haven't heard about yet? Uh, I mean, no, we're about to start ramping up on Gremlins 2. And in the next couple, the next month or so, and we've been doing some Arnold Schwarzenegger one-offs in the interim, right? Uh, you know, I've got a lot of uh, guest spots coming up here and there, but you know, those will those will appear when they do. Man, Gremlins Two is going to be fun. It's going to be crazy. I think the I mean, entire gotta opening be... is just an animation because we're talking about a cartoon for like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, and not to mention, I, I, you know, I've seen a movie that movie a few times. It's obviously this wall-to-wall bad shit, but I can't imagine how many little details there are in that one. I feel like Dante had to have gone well, I, as crazy as the story Inside is. jokes like that were just strung mm-hmm. together in a movie. This is a bunch of inside jokes based on those inside jokes. So yeah, uh, breaking it down. With... And the thing is, I've seen it once. Um, oh really? On VHS, like twenty years ago. Like or oh, something like a- that. Like after it came, I didn't even see it in the theater. So I'm I'm kind of keeping myself as pristine as possible moving into it. So I can just because Neil's seen it a bunch of times. So I'm going to be like kind of like the the test case on this one. Yeah, I remember seeing it way back. You know, in the VHS days uh, when it came out on VHS, and being like, that was so stupid, <laughs> right? Because I'm like in high school, I think. Uh, yeah, I was in high school. The original, which is so dark and and, and like sinister mm-hmm. and like darkly funny, and this is way more campy and silly and wacky. And I think I'm, we're about the same age, so I was feeling the same thing. I was like, yeah, this is it wasn't my thing when I was younger. So oh, not at all. It's gonna be. Fun and to and I think, it. yeah, I think I was listening to critics enough at that time too that I was like, oh, everybody said it's stupid. So I went in with that, I think, a little bit. But now, in hindsight, I maybe like it better than the first one? I don't know. It's hard to say. It's just, like, so audacious yeah. that it gets tons of points just for the um, just the sheer audacity of, of the project. But um, Yeah, the fun part is yeah. uh, one of my golden uh, – my holy grail for this one is to try to get Leonard Malton on the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> for the part where he gets attacked. Wow. <laughs> That might be fun. Like if you could, that would so be great. Fine. We'll see. We'll see. Like he seems putting, like a nice putting it out guy. the universe. <laughs> well, cool. Well, I'll look forward to to hearing about what you guys have to say about it, and maybe coming on the show if you yeah, ever want to. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll make room for you. All right. Well, uh, back to aliens. We're here in minute one sixteen. Uh, we just ended right as. The uh, facehugger, the egg opens and the facehugger starts to emerge in front of, uh, presumably right in front of Newt. I, I, Proximity-wise, I'm assuming it's right in front of her. There's there's a um, sense of uh, urgency there, so we have to guess that, yeah, it's it's the one that's about to make her uh, a, a, a baby mama. Right, that's the idea, right? Yeah, I think it's part of the theory, you know, that maybe is already an established theory, but at least we've talked about it a little bit on the show, too of certain people being cocooned eggs being placed in front of them until the proper time. Yeah. And that way they're, they're held still until uh, the, you know, so the face can just uh, casually jump on, which is really good for Newt challenging that's a thing because otherwise mm-hmm. she'd, she'd, like, they're just like, leave her, keep on going. She's dead. See, that's the thing though. A lot of people talk about sedation, like that there's some sort of sedation involved in, 
the cocooning or at least the, maybe even the transport of the victim to the cocooning area. Yeah. Like I've heard uh, people talk about a, a, a sort of almost a lobotomy going on or some kind of injection of something. I don't know. Cause we talked about, I think it was last week we talked about how we don't really ever see the alien carry a, a, a one of its uh, guests uh-huh. uh, one of its victims uh, away. Uh, no, we don't know exactly what happens. I think some people have chimed in and said that that later, maybe we find out in later films or in EU or whatever, but um, I guess it's pretty lucky for Newt as well, that she seems to be fully functional here. Um, she, she seems to have been taking a bit of a nap or so, but it's only been a few minutes. So yeah, I'm not sure. Her. Yeah. I'm not sure how this whole Newt cocooning thing jibes with what we know or what, or what we at least think we know about this whole process, but you know, Luckily, like you said, luckily for her, um, this is kind of happening in slow motion, and she's <laughs> there. Oh, when uh, you think about the the this the biology involved, man, that is a very complex reproductive cycle they have going on there. Because not only do they have the yeah. eggs that the queen lays, then they have the face huggers, and they have the implantation of the ovoid, and then they have the eruption, and then they have it growing. And that's like very, it's like a lot of steps. There's a lot of moving parts where something can go wrong. Yeah. And, you know, when you go back to the discussion of it, you know, the initial analysis of the alien as done by Ash, um, as far as it being this like perfect organism, it's really not at all. No, I, it's I, actually I like reproductive cycle is absolutely an Achilles heel because as oh, you yeah. see by the, by the end of these minutes, there's a real good way to stop that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you have how many stages of reproduction, um, if you can just stop one of them, yeah, it's over. Like if you just shoot one face hugger, and they're only really uh, super I don't know, strong I mean, and, and like unstoppable, more or less, when they're in their final form. So you have like yeah. five steps easily before that. Yeah. So as a predator, as a hunter, as a whatever, it's it's pretty perfect. But uh, getting to be born is definitely an imperfect process. I guess everything you can't think a weak of spot, but yeah. Of course, I mean, the, at the rate, I mean, we haven't even gotten there yet, but at the rate that this uh, queen is laying eggs and and the facehuggers are coming out of the eggs, you know, I mean, there's so many of them. It's almost like human reproduction in a way where um, it just takes the one, you know, the one sperm to get through. But there's just so much. <laughs> so you really like, just need the one facehugger to hit a person and that's, that's going to make a baby. She's got to like crank out like all these eggs and then. She basically like whips the top off of all of them and lets the, lets the face huggers come out at some point to where it's like, okay, well, all of you go get her. And it's like, okay, so only two of you can implant. Everyone else is going to die because I can't imagine yeah. that the shelf life of a face hugger outside of the egg is going to be long. So that's no, a lot of it, energy expended to just get two more aliens, two more xenomorphs. As far as, right. As far as we know, the face hugger doesn't really have a, a life per se. Like it's actually supposed to just attack. It's just, supposed to attach to something yeah, it's just a vehicle because like in the original yeah. last movie like it implanted and it died yep so if it doesn't find something it's never going to come out of the egg unless it has a host yeah right that you kind of get that idea because we never have seen one emerge when there wasn't a person nearby that they wanted to uh implant you know so there's no really no reason for it to have any kind of a you know it doesn't need to eat it doesn't need to live of course it lived they kept it alive inside of that um they kept them alive inside of that lab yeah. somehow I don't know so again I think we're suspended animation fluid or something yeah it's some kind of fluid that maybe replicated the 
um, innards of the egg. I don't know. So but uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of goo going on in these in these uh, in the life cycle of an alien. Right, goo, gak. We we discussed that. Gak, goo, uh, other gunk. Uh, you know, all over the place. And and again, this is where the life cycle of the alien, as you can just see by the discussions that we have on our own Facebook page and all all over in the internet, it's probably something we shouldn't have ever really gotten into too deeply <laughs> in the first place. It seems like the filmmakers are probably going, God, I really didn't want anybody. Yeah, to think like don't think that hard on it. They're like, well, then don't create a cult classic. Don't create a movie yeah. sort of like it's yeah, dying for action movies the next forty years. If uh, you know, or, or <laughs> continuing, and if you don't want people to analyze it like that. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know, that's the price you pay sometimes for having a, a huge success. Uh, especially a cult success, something that hits the geek culture in a certain way. Yeah, especially as we see from beloved Star classics Wars. like Star Wars or Gremlins or Alien or like pretty much Indiana Jones. Like none of that holds up to the kind of scrutiny that it's been applied to it. It's and it, impossible you know what? for it to. Yeah, it's impossible for it to, and it shouldn't have to. I mean, if you really think it, think about it, it shouldn't have to hold up to that kind of scrutiny. We should just be enjoying these stories for the what they were made I for. I don't know. They're I not- feel like because we're in, we are as Minute Maker movie uh, podcasters, we are enhancing the uh, perception of what um, movies are, can contain. I'm starting to wonder if one day we're going to get that perfect movie that can be analyzed that that minutely and still like fit together, like plot and like consistency yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think that was exactly what Scott Corelli and I were saying when we – I can't remember what part of the Movies by Minutes presentation in Chicago, and somebody asked that question. No, that, like, that was me. It, what, was it you? Yeah, that was, I was okay. asking if, if we were going to change the way movies are being made. Yeah, and that was kind of the answer was, well, well maybe you know, if people listen to us in the future, there'll be this like deep – you know. Um, care given to continuity and so on or just thinking through every minute part of a scene and so on or even so like the raising of of new people who are like that like focused on the way movies are made you're just changing the changing the 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 architecture of the of the of the culture yeah yeah but you know we'll see that remains to be seen obviously it'll take us a few years before we find out whether any of that's true but get there (laughs) maybe So we get the facehugger fully emerge here right at the beginning of the minute. Um, Pretty obviously a hand puppet, right? Like we're seeing. It looks, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw in um, in Alien, we know that when we see through the translucent egg, when Kane first sees the facehugger moving around, we know that was actually Ridley Scott's hand in a glove (laughs) and a swirling around inside the egg. Here we actually have our, you know, our good friend uh, and, you know, Behind the scenes photograph collector Eric Moore uh, posted a shot. I believe I'm pretty much sure that this is of this um, shot, like the background of the shot of a guy, you know, laying on the floor of the set with a gloved hand sticking up through the egg. And I think they were going to like slip the face hugger puppet over his hand there. So, um, but it seems pretty obvious anyway. It's a great, good old fashioned, simple monster movie oh, effect. Yeah, yeah, just just make the goo. Make it look real, and then have somebody make it. Yeah, exactly. Not there's no CGI, there's no wire work. It's just, just, just magic. Yeah, and so we get the facehugger emerge, and Newt sees it, and um, as as my friend uh, Susan Kurglinska, who was one of our co-hosts last week, uh, said, you know, we get a whistle scream here, oh, as yeah. she called it, the Newt scream. and the Newt scream, the alarm. Thank 
you know, thankfully she screams like this, or perhaps we, she would have actually been doomed because, um, you know, Ripley's still a, a bit of a ways away. Ripley's completely given up because she's just found the, the tracking, uh, you know, the wrist uh, mounted tracking device there and thought, well, she must be done for. So we get this great moment where Newt screams out. We get this shrill alarm of a scream and we get this breaking immediate breaking of uh, from mourning to hope uh, with Ripley. Uh, there was Scorny Weaver's performance. Just turns it on and full power. And, and James Horner comes in with a little help. He, <laughs> we're, we're pretty quiet at this point as far as the background, the soundtrack. And then as soon as Ripley feels that hope, the music does too. It just like jumps right in. And, uh, and we're off to the races. Now we're pretty much off to the races. I mean, we're going to have obviously some slowdown here in a bit. We'll talk about tomorrow. But um, it's, you know, the, the clock is really ticking now. Yeah. Now we have Newt located. Now Ripley's on the run, on the dead run into the... Uh, into the queen's chamber here. Um, Steam and shaky hand cameras and yeah. Pull like, yeah. Pulsating, uh, you know, strobe lighting and so on. She comes into the room. She immediately notices that face hugger. So again, we're back to where like, what's the proximity of the face? hugger? Is it right next to newt? Is she shooting it? (laughs) Like that thing right in front of me. Yeah, there's such a splatter is, effect on there that apparently acid for blood is only good within a certain number of feet. I know. Here we are again, these face huggers. Now, we talked about the possibility of face huggers having a different quality of acid than the xenomorphs, and maybe that explains why blasting all these xenomorphs everywhere isn't causing problems. But here we have a face hugger blowing up. Yep. Apparently, it was noticeable to Ripley immediately when she walked into the room. Yeah, so this face hugger stuck out to her, I guess, on movement. Well, it does have some nice um, backlighting on it, you know, like a little. Yeah, that's butter. true. <laughs> Rembrandt lighting. Yeah, it's well lit, so she's able to see it. Um, yeah, so uh, it, it becomes a little shootout here for a second with a couple of uh, of uh, what would you call them? I guess drones. I guess, uh, but here's the thing with with with. The action movie genre trope, the, like so, the first movie you have like the alien, the xenomorph is is this mythic, terrifying, always present, unstoppable thing. It's just a force. It's like you're if you're in the same room with it, you're probably going to die unless you're the hero. Well, now because stakes are raised, and now we have like hundreds of these things running around. Now they could just be taken out like that, just like a couple of shots, boom, boom, boom pieces fall off they're dead and it's it's it's, you always see that in a movie where you start out with like if there's one of something it is you're fighting it tooth and nail until the very very end but as soon as you get more than five they just start dropping like flies yeah i mean i guess that's just the uh the nature of it huh yeah well because if they were all as tough as the first one i mean then there would be no hope for humanity see that makes you wonder though you know when people take all these challenges of, of taking familiar action movies, uh, like subgenres or styles or even just little tropes. What if you did make a movie called aliens and it really was as hard. It wasn't that you had a hundred aliens, but you just had more. Yeah. And it really was as hard to, you know, every time a new alien came along, it was a set piece, you know, 
and you were challenged to take that thing out in a new way. I mean, it sounds very much like a video game. Now you say that like, say yeah, it. she leveled up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a new boss. You get the new boss every time. Exactly. So she, okay, she has she couldn't do it here, so she has to go back to another level, grind for a little while, build up her levels, and come back again, and then she's good to go. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's not a great idea. I mean, it's just it's like a line you cross um, between genres that changes every rule. Like you want to mix your genres as much as you want, like as you can. You got your horror sci-fi with Alien. You got your horror sci-fi add action to this. Well, the action so overwhelms the horror sci-fi elements of Aliens. I think that the rules kind of go out the window yeah, with the it Alien. Stops being a horror sci-fi. It just seems like a suspense because there's like there's only like one or two moments that are really scary, like the stuff in the lab. And then, uh, like the just the tension that leads up to the firefight, you know, when they find all the all the all the colonists, I think those are like the parts that stick out to me as like the really intense, like oh my god parts. But after that, it's all just shooting and blowing up, and then aliens and people dying, and it just becomes an action movie. Well, it's like yeah, it's kind of like mixing color with paint, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you can have two two different paints that are. Um, that, that mix well together and create another color, or you can just pour black in there and, yeah. and whatever it is, an action movie is kind of a black genre. Like if you pour action movie into your movie, it's usually going to be dominantly action oriented. And so to try to, you, you can have your scenes and your set pieces that are, um, that are horror movie style. And obviously you can set it in a sci-fi backdrop, in so many ways, the backdrop is all that sci-fi is providing for this movie at all. Yeah. An action movie and, and the action element, the pigment of action or whatever is so thick, so um, prominent that you just can't get around it. So why try, you know, to why try to hold on to the rules of the horror movie that you had in Alien or the monster movie when the truth is you should just be blasting these guys. And so I think that's where we're at. It's just too big of a line to cross. It's not subtle enough of a blend of genres. If you, if you get my meaning, No, I definitely do. Cause I was having this conversation recently about Edgar Wright movies because he's so good at taking like a, like a very ham fisted, like genre, like zombies or like crime or, or, uh, or like alien invasion and then subtly overlaying it to an actual human story and, and still keeping the flavor of the original. Like it's almost like, it's just like a light gloss of it. So you still keep the shape and texture underneath of the original story, like the love story in Shaun of the dead or the redemption story in hot fuzz or the, the, the friends getting back together story in um, a world's end. Yeah. The thing about, of course it go all goes back. It's a simple explanation with Edgar Wright, um, at least in his, well, in his first four movies, for sure. I'm not going to talk about baby driver that much, but, um, he always spends a lot of time building characters yeah. up front. So we're, every movie is always thoroughly implanted in the character movie uh, first and foremost. And he said, and he, and he tosses in genre tropes here and there or hints or foreshadowing of genre. Say, Hey, guess what? You're going to be getting an action movie with hot fuzz, but we're actually going to spend what hot fuzz is like 45 minutes. Oh yeah to an hour of character building and bits of actually bits of horror tropes here and there too, in order to build up to the action movie well, like and Shaun of the Dead's the like, same way. Another, it's a good 30, 40 minutes before they really get into the weird stuff because it's all about this. Like you think it's this returning home drama about these friends who stop being friends for yeah. some reason. And like they, he keeps that core before he does start to layer on the other stuff. Yeah. It could have been just like a, a you know, 
Edgar Wright's version of like a Mike Lee movie or something where he's, it could have really just been about these friends doing a pub crawl. Yeah, it really <laughs> he could, could have, have stuck with that movie. And it would have I mean, been a honestly, great movie. I mean, if he'd kept the core that he originally had without even adding their alien robots, it would have been fine. Uh-huh. It would have been a good, yeah, I think it would have been a great comedy, uh, drama, mm-hmm. d- dramatic comedy. But, you know, then suddenly somebody goes to the bathroom and finds out <laughs> an alien invasion oh, movie. this is that kind always... of party? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And the thing yeah. is, like, Cameron is, is, he has his strong points, but subtlety is not one of them. No, no. So, and, and, you know, we talked about the subtle fade in to his action movie. He didn't jump right in at the very onset of this. You know, he paid his respects to Alien first and then got us there. But once he got there, he just like so – Especially the, uh, ex- the director's cut. There's an extra, what, 10 minutes of uh, fading in. So Ripley makes it in. She blasts this facehugger. She makes it in and starts just tearing um, Newt out of a cocoon. I guess this is the first time we've seen this, right? Everyone else, uh, deleted scene or not, uh, everyone else we've seen in a cocoon stayed there. Yeah, they either want to be, they, they'd say kill me or they're quickly dispatched or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the first cocoon extraction uh, we've seen thus far. And I guess uh, some behind the scenes, I guess that that GAC, as, as it's called in the commentary, was made out of fiberglass and stuff. I think we talked about that a little bit last week. And uh, Sigourney Weaver was so into the moment of tearing it out, she just tore her hands up, oh, wow. just tearing the stuff off of Carrie Hinn. I think Carrie Hinn's the one that said that in the commentary. Yeah, well, it's like so, it's just like it sticks and goo, but I mean, because it does have a very like you know stick like structure, the, the the weird stuff binding her in there. Yeah, it's got you know it's a bunch of goo, but it has a bunch of crystal. Mm. It's like crystalline. Yeah, I've worked so, with fiberglass before, and let me tell you what, that's something mm. you don't want to mess around with. No, you wear gloves when you work with fiberglass, especially if it's you know going to shatter, if there's going to be pieces of it. But yeah, so here's barehanded Scorny Weaver coming in and ripping this stuff off. Um, so, you know, again, full commitment from Scorny Weaver into this role. Um, so she gets her out, pull, you know, yanks her out. Um, and I did want to point out that we get a couple of cutaways to explosions, external explosions here, which I think are... Interesting. They're a little bit jarring. A little bit. Um, you got to keep of, those, those, those stakes ratcheting up. You got to remember, like, oh, we're on a timer. You know, the reactor's going to go. We're going to, like, you know, the whole place is about to blow up. This isn't just, you know, like a jaunt into the alien nest. It's, uh, you know, there's more yeah. going on here. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask was, you know, you get this exter- exterior shot of the model, like a little explosion on the model of the exterior, and then you cut to an explosion of the in, in the interior there's a little reminiscent of, um, you know, in the in the Battle of Yavin and the attack on the Death Star mm-hmm. in the original Star Wars, how um, at one point Luke shoots the you know surface of the Death Star and then they cut to an interior of it just blasting yeah. a bunch of stormtroopers. You, know, you kind of get that idea. So you want to coordinate the in- interior with the exterior. Now, I, I think that maybe if you just had the explosion happening that, that occurs here with Ripley and Newt inside of the structure maybe that would have been enough but yeah you're right he's cameron's really wanting to remind us that the whole thing's about to go up in smoke this isn't just this room if they get out of this room they're not going to be safe it's still going to be the clock's still ticking it's full-on danger he likes to play the game where um he he pulls he doesn't pull away to give you a chance to breathe he has to remind you of something else that's going to keep the stakes going but he doesn't want to just completely have like five minutes of just just pulling off goo and running and shooting and stuff like that. It's like, okay, let's cut, but let's keep the States up. So yeah. he doesn't want to give you a lull. He wants to like, Oh no, something else to worry about type thing. Right. 
And really, the last note I have is um, I think we get our first uh, fake newt. Uh, right after the explosion, we get a shot, this little tracking shot of Ripley running down the corridor holding newt. And I'm pretty sure that this is our first so newt. newt dummy newt dummy shot. It, it, the way that you never see her face. Yeah, like there's a weird think- like non-animated, not animated, but not sentient like head motion. Like it's too fixed. Yeah. Like yeah. It's like the arms are just strapped to her neck and then she's running with her, that sort of thing. I mean, now that I think that it's her, it might've been fake newt. Actually, now that I, I'm kind of scrolling back, it might've been fake newt on the explosion. So we actually might've gotten it right before the explosion occurs, which makes perfect sense. Cause why would you want Carrie Hinn on the set? Oh, I would do that. Come on here. Take my kid, put her in an explosion. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so uh, Anyway, that's fake new. We it was teased at last week, and and here we have her. And understandably so. Apparently, also Sigourney Weaver was having a lot of back problems yeah. on the set, so holding actual Carrie Hinn was probably <laughs> for a lot of these shots was probably not going to work some anyway. So. Back problems on sets because Andre the Giant had the same thing. Uh, Harrison Ford sets back issues on set. You know, it's like apparently yeah. movie making takes it out of you. It does. Well, if action movie making for sure, and. Uh, as far as Andre the Giant goes, his body was just not made for, you know, I mean, his body was just not made for existence. You know, it was, <laughs> he too, was too big, too big. Was literally too big to live. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the situation. You know, you have all this running around, this holding up of stuff, this um, shooting guns. It's all these things that are just not natural to the human body for the most part. So. Stretch the corny, stretch it out. Well, that's also why so many people go deep into the training before they start shooting these movies. Now. Yeah, exactly. Like your Tom Hardy's and so on. Yeah. Like all the matrix people, I mean, they, they trained for six months on driving and fighting before they ever step foot on a set, you know, it's all just background right. just to a be in shape and B to give let them inhabit the characters more. Yeah. And you know, you, you can see like Harrison Ford, there's all that footage of him training for, temple of doom but none of it's like for you know supple muscles or you know uh, flexibility it's so he looks good when that shirt exactly. tears you know just, <laughs> just want to get him ripped yeah. some of the exercises you see him doing like uh, some of the curls and things he's doing and those is like well that's not good for your back nope. either, nope. man not the way you're doing it so uh, nowadays though they understand it's like a sport and you got to be fully prepared um your body needs to be fully prepared for all this activity so but yeah, that's all I've got for this minute. You have anything no, else? I'm good. I'm good. I think we put all my high points. All right. You want to tell everybody where they can find you online? Uh, just look for me and my co-host Neil at the Mogwai Minute or on Twitter, uh, Instagram, all those places. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Facebook group, actually, where we talk about pizza and also the movie. <laughs> yeah. You talk about pizza more than the movie. Here, yeah. It seems like it. Yeah. It's a regular topic. <laughs> And just for everyone out there, I'm pro pineapple See, on pizza. Thank you. Thank you. Deal thank with you. it. Bring it. Listen, bring your bring your feelings to the Aliens Minute page. And let's talk about pineapple <laughs> yeah, and pizza over there too. Because I, I want to keep it going. I want the world to know. Yeah. No, this is this needs to be dealt with. This is one of the most controversial topics of our time. For pineapple some reason. Pizza is so good. For I had some, some last night and it was amazing. Oh. I might have some later See, today. There you go. Now that Every we're time you talk about it, about it, you want it. And that's that's a that's a yep. sign of a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So everybody out there, yeah, deal with it. <laughs> All right. Well, Line's you can been come drawn, over. People, line has been drawn. <laughs> Pick a side. All right. 
like he said, you can come over to our Facebook page and tell us what you think about that or any other topics uh, that we discussed today. Anything that we might have gotten wrong about the GAC or the eggs or the life cycle of the aliens or anything. Uh, you can also find us, of course, at AlienMinute.com, on Instagram at Alien Minute Podcast, or on Twitter at Alien Minute Pod. Oh, and big thanks to uh, Alex and Pete over at Star Wars Minute, uh, as we usually do on Monday. Thanks for coming up with the Movies by Minutes format. And uh, shout out to everybody out there making a Movies by Minutes podcast. Uh, we're up to 75 or something I now. Less can- I may be sure. That was a while ago. I thought, I feel like there's probably a quarter yeah, of this right now. We're probably up there by now. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for Minute 116. We'll see you tomorrow for Minute 117.